All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And we are coming to you with a, another thing, um, an episode called Prove It, which is part of a series, right, Jake? That's right. It's a series called Prove It, part of our uh, apologetic series. And this is going to be episode 10, I believe. That's or right. At least that's what the slide tells me. Yep, episode 10. And uh, this is in a whole playlist in YouTube. And if you are listening to this audio only, there's a visual part of this. And there are even snippets in TikTok and Instagram and, and YouTube itself. And um, we just encourage you to, what do we want people to do, Jake? We want people to subscribe and uh, hit that notification bell and give it the thumbs up and share it with your friends so that uh, the word can get out. That's right. And just so you know, Jake and I do, uh, before every episode, we, uh, we, we cover this in prayer and uh, we just pray that uh, the right people uh, hear this and most importantly that uh, Yah receives all the glory for this and not us. We're not doing this for glory, fortune, or fame. Right. All right, so we'll go right into Prove It, and Prove It is about what, Jake? Did you explain that? Oh, so uh, if you haven't seen the other episodes, go back, but Prove It is uh, just all the New Testament verses that we think are the heavy hitters that prove that Torah still occurs, is still applicable, uh, is still in force in this era that we live in, in which we live Yes. Post-Messiah era. Yep, where we are today. Post-resurrection. So so we'll show you the verses, and at the end, we want you to show us the verses that prove otherwise. Yep. So uh, here we go. All right, so we're going to talk about feast and Sabbath keeping. You know, and this is a great place to start because there are a lot of people that... uh, here lately have said things to me, you know, in social media and other places are like, why would you want to go back and follow the law? The law is written on our hearts. You know, you're not, you don't have to do any of this. You're going back to bondage. Why do you want to go back to bondage? And I, I always start with this. I'm like, so what part of bondage is resting on the Sabbath and throwing seven parties a year that, uh, that are fun and full of food? Right. I'm like that. That's easy. Uh, what else is hard? I mean, you know, and and not eating certain foods. I'm like, well, the doctor probably told you not to eat certain foods, and you and you would do it if the doctor says, "Hey, don't eat ice cream. It's going to make you fat." Right. And some of us listen, and some of us don't. So, um, but uh, but we most people accept it because it came from the doctor, and the maker of the universe has said, "Don't eat certain things." And we like we want to argue with the him. great physician. Yeah, right. So anyway, so yeah, Sabbath so keeping, this, peace keeping. Yeah, this series of verses. These are just the New Testament verses we're going through. Um, we'll do another series later on of Old Testament verses, but <laughs> there's there's probably going to be even more of those. <laughs> Maybe. But, um, but uh, we'll we'll try to go easy on you. But feast and Sabbath keeping, and here we go. So remember, we brought this up before, was this walk as Messiah. We kind of started off with that. Mm -hmm. But then Paul also says, walk as I walk, as I follow Messiah. So the walk is the same. You can't Mm -hmm. say you're following Paul and then do different things than Messiah did. 
Well, and it's similar verbiage to where Yeshua talks about the Pharisees, and he said, don't do what they do, uh, but follow the commands of the Torah, but don't do what they're doing, because they are not walking as Messiah walked. Right. They say and do not do. Yeah. Right. So with that in mind, let's see what this says here. Acts. So this is the fa- the most favorite book of the church. This is where this the is, church began. That's right. This is where the New Testament church is. We began right here in Acts chapter 2. That's what I heard my whole life. <laughs> and then as I got older, I'm like, wait a minute. I think that started in Tennessee. But how, how did it start in <laughs> Acts 2 if it started in Tennessee? I'm confused. <laughs> Which is, is it? That is confusing. Okay, so go ahead, Matt. All right, Acts 2, 1. And when the day of Pentecost was full to come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And you know I have to say it. They were in a car, right? A Honda. That's right. They were all... I think there was like uh, a lot of them too, right? Yeah, I mean, there were 12, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think at this time... I think that was the joke, anyway. There's also like 3,000 people there, isn't there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were all, all in of, one accord. It was a clown clown car. Clown car. So anyway, uh, so most people understand this verse. They're hanging out at Pentecost. What's Pentecost? It would be Shavuot. Yeah, that's the Feast of Weeks. And uh, so when I grew up, I had no idea what Pentecost was. It was mm-hmm. on the little flyer at church. Mm-hmm. And uh, this many days from Pentecost. And no one, no one also taught me that Pentecost or Shavuot was the same thing as Mount Sinai and where Moses got the commandments, you know, the same time of year. There are multiple things. And there's, we did a teaching about Pentecost and there's a pattern of behavior. Uh, you have a multilingual event. There's fire. Uh, fire, and uh, there's there's certain things that happen almost every time you have a Pentecost-type moment. Right. Yep, the Spirit comes upon people, and a couple of times there's 3,000. One, 3,000 are dead, and 3,000 are saved. Right. So, so yeah. this is an instance where they are all in one place, the church, let's call it, uh, keeping Pentecost. So shouldn't we act like them? Yeah. We should probably That's what they like told them. us. All right, next. Acts 12, 3, And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then these were the days of unleavened bread, another feast day. Right. So why... That they are doing. Right. So another thing to think about is why is he... And we talked about this with a Sabbath reference before. It might come up again, but um, how... Um, why is it being used as a reference if if we're doing away with it? Yeah. Like, if I'm not keeping unleavened bread, what do I care that it was on the day of unleavened bread? Yeah, yeah. So, because that would mean nothing to me mm-hmm. unless I know when that is. Mm-hmm. And I know it by keeping it. Yeah. And then Acts 13, 13 through 15. Right, this is uh, some favorite verses coming up here so now when paul and his company loosed from paphos they came to pergama in pamphylia and john departing from them returned to jerusalem but when they departed from perga i thought it was pergama or is it perga 
they came to Antioch in Poseida, and they went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and they sat down. And after reading of the law and prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent unto them, saying, Ye men and brethren, if ye have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Oh, geez. They sure did. Mm-hmm. So, and you underline this. Why did you underline this? So, uh, <clears throat> this is an instance of Paul... Now, if you you can count up the times Paul keeps Sabbath in the book of Acts alone, and it's pretty staggering how many times they that they just talk about him keeping the Sabbath. I thought he was the apostle to the Gentiles, Jake. Uh, that's true. He is. But he, whenever he goes to a new place, the first place he goes is at the synagogue and uh, gives them a good stern talking to. Yes, and they, <laughs> yeah, they needed it easily. Right. So this is an instance of him keeping the Sabbath and uh, listening to the law being read because that's what they did at Sabbath. Yeah. They would sit down and hear the law and the prophets being read. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would teach them how yeah. to act. Well, how they to, probably how to act. Probably had a discussion about it too. Yes. Yes, right here. And there probably was even a question and answer part too. If you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Yeah. So if you want to expound upon it. So this is the whole... They sit in Moses' seat, mm-hmm. so that's what then they would read from the Torah. And unlike today, um, you know, in these settings, if, if those of you not familiar with the Torah kind of setting and fellowships, you know, we do sit and discuss these things. And uh, this setting, often though, you had people sitting up high above the people, kind of like what you see at church where people are elevated, certain people are elevated above other people, and you're supposed to sit and listen to these elevated people, and that's kind of what this was, I think. I, there, there was a lot of, listen to these rulers, and they're going to tell you what this means. Right. And that's where they got in trouble. Yep. Okay, so there's okay. them keeping the Sabbath. And then Acts 13, continuing, 42 through 43. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of Elohim. So, the next Sabbath. This is the question I would have. If the Gentiles weren't being taught to keep Sabbath, and if the Sabbath was moved to say the first day of the week which we're told mm-hmm. then why doesn't he just say hey I'll, I'll see you tomorrow when we get together for our Sabbath the day of the Lord quote unquote mm. and then I'll expound on these things but no he says that's... no we'll see you at the next Sabbath and that's when we'll expound on these things that you have questions that's about. an excellent point um, and then let's see yeah, continue in the grace of Elohim. Very important. Also, this, uh, yeah, I won't get into the whole proselytes thing, but think think new covenant. <laughs> okay. The next 15, 20 through 21, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. For Moses of old time hath in every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath day. So this is this is seems to be 
people will make a whole argument out of this that they don't even believe. Because have you heard the argument, well, we only need to do, Gentiles only need to do the four things commanded in Acts 15. Mm-hmm. This is where they're talking. So they'll stop at verse 20 and then not go into, well, there's verse 21 also. Mm-hmm. So we have to consider the context. Uh, so to me, this this is proof that we should be keeping the Torah. Because yeah. when you look at the context, and again, go read these in context, the verses we're pointing out. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, he tells us these are new believers. Um, and so, and the the struggle he's dealing with is people telling him, telling that the new believers that you can't be saved until you keep the Torah and the and the circumcision. Mm-hmm. And that's why he says earlier that you we we put no uh, requirement on people for that. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying salvation does not come through that, which he says over and over again, and that's what we say over and over again. Uh, so here, what do you notice about these four things that kind of they kind of have in common, at least three of them? It's all about food. Yeah, three of them are food laws. Mm-hmm. When we're told that Messiah says, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you, but what comes out, right? Right. Um, so there must be... So when there's a contradiction, like we talked about, mm-hmm. then there's a fundamental problem with the way you're looking at it. So here, if we're going to say that this applies, then there's food laws that apply. And so you have to look back when Messiah says, uh, uh, not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. Look at the context of that, and you'll see he's talking about the washing of hands. So... Here, there's food laws that clearly apply. And then the one that gets missed, because Moses is preached in the synagogues every Sabbath day. So he's saying, new believers, stop doing these things that are pulling you out of, out of uh, favor with the Father and that are dragging you into the, uh, the pagan uh, temples. And then get into the synagogue and learn about what Moses wrote, which yeah. is the Torah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting, too, because I've heard a lot of people say, well, you only have to do two things that Jesus said, and that is love God and... Love well, your neighbor. Yeah, love your neighbor. And, uh, you know, he, di- he didn't really talk about this. You know, you can't find a lot of moments when Yeshua goes on a long diatribe about um he talks about fornication for sure but about eating things strangled and you know he just doesn't go on and there's not pages of a lot of some of this stuff but clearly it was implied and understood and um you know i i just think it's interesting how they will We'll say on one hand they only have to do those two things, but they will also say, say they will do have to do these four things, and then I'm like I'm confused. What which is it? Right. So anyway, so maybe someone can explain that to me how you wrestle mentally with both of those things. Right. 
but uh, I used to do it. Right. So, and I never thought anything about it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So if you can uncontradict that, those verses, l let us know in the comments. And then Acts 16, 11 through 13 said, Therefore, losing from Taurus, we came with a straight course to Simonothrace, and then the next day to Nepalus, and then from then then from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days, and on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted or resorted resorted thither. Resorted thither. So here they are showing up at these places and then they go Sabbath with the ladies at the at the riverside there. Once again, they're doing something on the Sabbath and they specifically spell out, hey, we're doing this on the Sabbath. Yep. Did you have more? Nope. Okay. And then Acts 17, 1 through 4, now when they had passed through Amphilus and Apollonia, <laughs> they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul in his manner was, or some translations say his custom, went unto them in three Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the scriptures. So he's continuing so, to go... For, and, it, and, it, and, it, and time is measured by Sabbaths. It's not three weeks, but it says three Sabbath days, which shows this is how they're counting time. Mm -hmm. And then Acts 17, 1 through 4, continuing, opening, and alleging that the Messiah must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Yeshua, whom I preach unto you, is a Messiah. And some of them believed and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks with the great multitude, and with the chief women, not a few. And of the chief women, not a few. Yeah. So, yep. so this goes along with this one, right? So yeah. reasoning with them out of the scriptures and pointing out Messiah in the scriptures. Being risen from the dead. Yep. So he's pointing out they're talking from the scriptures and what were the scriptures that they had was... The Torah mm -hmm. and the Prophets. Yep. And then describing Messiah. Yep. And so. they knew prophecies about Messiah suffering, and they had read those scriptures, especially like in Isaiah, and they were familiar with this this concept. Right. And then Acts 18, 1-4, and 11. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth, and he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought, for by their occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So it's not just the Jews going to Sabbath, it's the Greeks... Which he's talking about the new How believers, right? How could the Gentiles go to the synagogue? Yeah, I, I, I think there's... I've talked with people that don't don't think that the Gentiles were able to go, in, go to the synagogue. 
but but I, but I also think that we have some translation issues and unfortunately for us we just have this Greek uh, version of Hebrew and we and we feel like there's some original at least Aramaic and maybe Hebrew verg, versions that one day will be unveil, unveiled about some of these and may clarify it a little bit but but um, I, I think these Greeks that they're talking about, you know, they're mostly, they are at one point, they're probably part of the northern kingdom and they got pushed out and assimilated. And at this point, they probably do look more Greek than Jew. But I think that, that um, you know, there's a lot of that that's happening here. And so, um, you know, it is, it is interesting that... Um, and then, and this is another example of the two two houses, the two sticks becoming one. Right. And he's bringing it all back together. But, yep. So, uh, getting together on the Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. And then in verse eleven. And he continued there a year and six months, teaching the word of Elohim among them. So that's a lot of Sabbath. Year and a half. And then Acts eighteen twenty one, but bade them farewell, saying, I must be I must be by all means keep this feast that cometh in Jerusalem. But I will return again unto you if God will, and he sailed from Ephesus off into the sunset. That's right. So here he's saying, I must by all means keep the feast that comes in Jerusalem. Yeah, so what feast you know so was this a pagan feast, Jake? No. Was this Christmas? Was this Easter? Probably not. Not at all. Absolutely. I think we can say 100% it's not Christmas or Easter. Right. So, you know, it's definitely one of the Lord's feasts, not not Jewish feast, but the Lord. Right. And uh, um, I believe this is a fall feast also. I think one of the things he's, the reason he has to leave at the time is the weather coming weather. in. Weather. Mm-hmm. And so you have to leave out of there. You know, before the uh, weather comes in, in order to get out. Yep. So there he is, keeping the keeping the feast. And First Corinthians five eight. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. That sounds like we're supposed to keep the feast, Jake. Sounds like the feast of unleavened bread. Yeah. That he's telling them to keep. And it's not saying. You don't have to keep the feast. You don't have to do that. That's not what it says. Right. It says keep it. And I think what people do on this one is they'll say, well, see, he's talking about it in spiritual terms. You keep the unleavened bread, you know, uh, let's see, keep the feast of unleavened bread with sincerity and truth is is how we express the keeping of that feast. That's the spirit of the feast, basically, Mm -hmm. because we keep the spirit of the law and not the letter that's kind of the argument I think that comes from this. However, uh, the point is they are keeping the feast. They it, don't just talk about it. Yeah, and it seems pretty literal. Yeah. John two twenty three. Now when he, Yeshua, was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. So Messiah is keeping Passover. Yep, one hundred percent. Even though he is the Passover. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's it's kind of Passover is an interesting feast because they kept it uh, in the wilderness 
And then they remembered it uh, when they came into the land. Mm-hmm. They remembered it, kept it as a memoriam, but also kept it as a looking forward. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah. So that's why we keep it as a memoriam of Messiah coming, mm-hmm. right? As our Passover. Mm-hmm. And also remembering when we were strangers in the in Egypt and aliens in Egypt and Exodus yeah. out of Egypt. And and in a way too, we're also looking forward because we know that one day he is going to share this with us again. Right. Um and um you know. Exactly. John four forty five. Then, when he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went to the feast. Right. Once so again, this, were these pagan feasts? I don't think Messiah went to pagan feasts. No, absolutely not. So, these were a feast of the Father. Right. Now, I did hear um, recently talk of, well, Messiah kept the Feast of Dedication, which is... Technically not in Scripture. Which is... True. Which is... Hanukkah. Hanukkah, right. I put you on the spot there. You yeah. didn't know where I was going. But, <laughs> but what is different about Hanukkah is, you know, it lines up biblically. Right. And it's not using something else as a substitute. It's not saying... It's lift, not replacing yeah, feasts. It's not saying, here, worship the menorah. Right. Uh, or, you know, none of that is happening at Hanukkah. Right. And that's why we don't say, hey, don't keep any, don't celebrate anything other than the feasts. We're saying, keep the feasts. Yeah. And don't keep the pagan holidays. There's mm-hmm. nothing pagan about about uh, Hanukkah. It's a, again, a memoriam of uh, an event that the Jews uh, were involved yeah. in. So. Yeah. That doesn't that doesn't mean don't keep the feasts. Yeah. Or go keep pagan feasts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then John five one and six four. After is that supposed to be after? I after. Yeah. After one. oh one. After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Yahushua went up to Jerusalem. It's about Passover. And then the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh. So uh, you'll see it called Feast of the Jews, and I think, I think this is partly why uh, it seems churchgoers only know the tribes as the Jews. Yeah, is because there's things like this in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to remember, this was written, uh, you know, in Greek, and the Greek mindset is different than the Hebrew mindset. And this is written during the time of Rome occupation. And Rome just lumped them all together and said the Jews, right. and, and that's the culture they lived in, and and just you know it still happens today, but uh, but but we know that there's a broader group of people than just the Jews. The Jews was literally just one tribe the, of Judah, and uh, it's really Israel. But you know, right through time, people still just say the Jews, oh, right, right or wrong, right or wrong. All right, so. Here he is again, Messiah keeping Passover. Yep. And then John 7, 8 through 10 and 37. Go ye up into this feast. 
I go not up yet into this feast, for my time is not yet fully come. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up into the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. And the last day, that great day of the feast, Yeshua stood and... Got a click. Darn oh. it. I'm not as handy. There we go. He stood and cried, saying, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. So, lots of feast talk here. Yep. So this is the feast of Sukkot, if I'm not wrong. And it's almost like he's saying, Go up into this feast, yo. Uh, <laughs> probably. <laughs> He probably had a mullet, too. Yes, probably. <laughs> probably, uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so uh, look at the context here. Uh, it's talking about uh, Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, and uh, he's saying, so he's telling him, I'm not going yet, but I'm coming to the feast. He doesn't miss time at the feast. He just goes separate from his group because people want to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and even though people there want to kill him, he's like, I'm not skipping the feast. Got to show up at the feast. Yeah. No. John 12, 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Yahushua was coming to Jerusalem, the Passover. Yep. Then, of course, it continues, obviously. But, uh, yeah. So here's Messiah again, coming to Jerusalem to keep the Passover. Walk as Messiah walked, right? And by the way, this is number 73. So if you are just joining and you scrubbed all the way through this somehow, um, there's a bunch of these. And uh, we numbered each of these uh, as their own thing. So we encourage you to listen to the whole thing. Right. Just had to say that. Listen to the whole thing. Uh, John twelve twenty, And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. This the is Gentiles Gentile. keeping the feast. Very gentle feast keeping. Yep. I mean, Gentile feast keeping. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and see, uh, um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, but, uh, but I do believe that most of these references to Gentiles aren't always what, what I thought they were in church. And I believe these, a lot of these people were people that had some background in their history where they knew some of these some of these things and um they you know they may have had you know some brief uh talk in their family from a great grandmother or something that did some of these things and they you know it, it, it pricked them and reminded them uh, about about these things but they were definitely part of the mixed multitude and they had lost their identity as, as who they were. And I think in a lot of ways that's where we find ourselves today because the, if you want to make it about a bloodline lineage, the bloodline exploded and went everywhere. And I think you could probably make an argument that if you looked at people's DNA hard enough, a lot of people have some little bit of technically Jewish blood in them because it actually dispersed and went everywhere. And not that it has to be about, a, it's not about bloodline, but it's just about um, this mixed multitude of people. Right. So, and then again, you know, these are people that are converting. Yeah. They're 
seeing Messiah. They were being and, convicted, and and great numbers are converting. You know, right. this is not not it's it's so foreign to what we see today because we don't see you know three thousand people, and we're talking you know we've seen people in big crowds. They're like, okay, everybody, bow your head down and raise your hand if you accepted the Lord Jesus in your heart tonight, and they've counted thousands of those in those kind of assemblies but these are actually people that are trying to you know um you know live in a different life when they leave here right uh, to, to a large extent there's a lot of real conversion a lot in and and, and, um, and specific holy spirit coming on to them yeah yeah all right and then john 13 29 for some of them thought because judas had the bag that Yahushua had said unto him, Buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So here's this he is had the purse. Quote unquote the Last Supper. Yeah. Wherein Messiah says to Judah, Judas, uh, go do the thing you're gonna do, which was go sell him out. Uh, and Messiah knew that. And uh, but they're sitting there feasting he thinks he's going you know the people around him think he's going. why would they think he's going to buy something for the feast if they weren't keeping the feast yeah 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 they didn't and giving think something about to the poor is also a feast day kind of mm-hmm. event is it's not just about you know uh celebrating yourself it's helping the poor is also related to feast keeping and and like we've said before you know if if it wasn't if they weren't supposed to keep this feast, especially right here at the end of his life and he's facing death on the cross, wouldn't this be a good time to say, hey, you know what? Hey, after tonight, yeah. you won't have to do this. This is the anymore. last time ever that this has got to happen. Right. And uh, I'm ending this forever. Right. Seems like a like another perfect moment for him to say this, and he does not say that. Right. And yet, Acts comes after John. And yeah. so they were still doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Luke two forty one through 42 Now his parents went into Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast, once again. So from a young age, he's all about the feast. Yep. All right. Well, and that concludes episode 10 of Prove It. And we uh, appreciate you uh, listening. And Jake, what do they need to do? Uh, Subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, check out the rest of the episodes if you haven't seen them yet. Um, So that was, you know, we just went through several times, I think 85 sometimes, uh, Paul keeps Sabbath in Acts alone. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, Messiah keeps the feast, keeps the Sabbath day, um, walk as he walked. Yeah. That's all we're saying, man. Yeah, yeah. And so we don't claim to uh, have the corner on the truth, do we, Jake? No. We're just two dudes with a dream. (laughs) That's right. And so, and that dream is that more people will wake up. And so we pray um, every week at our Shabbat gathering that uh, so if you've if you've made it this far, you are really a super fan right, right. now. We're just going to tell you thank you for your super fanness. That's right. We appreciate that. But in our please join us in our our prayer in these Torah fellowships is that more and more people will have their eyes open to the truth. And in Corinthians, it talks about this veil of the Old Testament being upon people's eyes and and you know. Um, 
just pray for your brothers and sisters and your family members that one day that veil will be lifted. And uh, we just also pray for our, our other fellow uh, Torah people that uh, you speak to your family in love and that, uh, that we pray that one day you will join the blessing of more, of pe more people in your family following Torah with you. Um, and, and you having the right words and the right kindness to, uh, to try to help them. In, For what they need at the time. Yeah, yeah, because it's easy to uh, go after people pretty hard, and, and sometimes you can burn bridges, and we just we hope and pray that we don't do that. Right. And we, uh, we appreciate you listening, and please share and do all the things, and uh, stay tuned for episode 10 of Prove It, 11 of Prove It. 11. That's right. Thank you. This is Matt and, and Jake signing out.